I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinemaiden. We're just one of three friends hanging out chatting movies. We are the Cinema Guys. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of The Cinema Guys. If this is your first time in, this is going to be a little different than our normal episodes. This episode is one that I do once a year where I recap my time at Horror Hound Weekend here in Cincinnati. This week, I kick Justin and the Cinemaiden out and I am taking over. So, like I said, if this is your first time in, it's going to be just a little bit different. And if you're returning for another episode, we love having you back. Like I said, this episode, I am going to recap my time at Horror Hound Weekend. This is a horror convention that happens in Cincinnati. I mean, it happens twice a year, usually once in Cincinnati, once in Indianapolis. And I enjoy going not only to the convention, but I focus a lot of my time at the film fest of Horror Hound. Zoe and her team do a fantastic job in curating these films and setting up all these films to screen films, feature films, short films. Filmmakers are there that you can talk to. There's a film awards on Saturday night and it is just an absolute blast. And for me, the convention itself is just a bonus on top of the film fest that I attend. I'm going to go through each day of the short films and feature films from what I watched at Horror Hound. I didn't see all of them at Horror Hound, but some of these films did play and I received screeners afterwards and were able to see the films that screened. I have a few interviews with a couple of the filmmakers to sprinkle in as we go along, but Get ready as we're going to dig into Horror Hound 2023. Meanie. Meanie. You. Okay, so one of the most exciting things that happened that kind of kicked off Horror Hound Weekend was they had a special screening of Evil Dead Rise the Thursday before the convention happened. The screening was at our friends, the Esquire Theater. So I was able to attend this screening to go see Evil Dead Rise. And while waiting for the screen to start, none other than Bruce Campbell shows up and does a little Q&A before the movie. And then the movie rolls. And I will say Evil Dead Rise was just a fantastic film. I love the Evil Dead series. I love the remake, reboot kind of requel, whatever you want to call it, that came out in 2013. This really fits well in the Evil Dead universe. There's a ton of the Evil Dead feel to it, but director Lee Cronin did plenty to make this his own film, and it was just fantastic. I really look forward to being able to watch this one again. Because as you know, if you listen to the show, 
If I find a movie that I love, I love watching them over and over again. And I will say, go check out one of Lee Cronin's other films, The Hole in the Ground, which is another fantastic movie. So this was, you know, got me pumped, got me ready for Horror Hound Weekend. And then we, you know, move into Friday, full slate of movies on the docket. I always fill up my schedule and then, you know, as my body lets me, I have to cut back on some films and some time because I need just a little bit of breather. But Friday, first thing I did, I went to the screening room and the first film I saw was a short film for a movie called Chicks. It was written and directed by Gina Hernandez. A girly cotton candy colored slumber party unravels when a shy teen becomes the center of a bizarre nighttime ritual. Now, this was just a a fun short film. It was funny. It was just full of energy. Chicks also won at the Horror Hound Awards. It won Best Cinematography for a short film, which congratulations on that. I had the chance to chat with writer-director Gina Hernandez and one of the actresses in the movie, Maddie Moore. So let's jump into that, and I will see you on the other side. How was your weekend at Whorehound been? Hi, uh, this is Gina Hernandez, the writer-director um, of Chicks. Honestly, a lot more people than I thought. <laughs> a little bit of a whirlwind, but it's been really cool. We had our screening on Friday night, heard some laughs, heard some, like, what? Heard some <laughs> everything we wanted to hear, so <laughs> it's been really cool. It's been a really cool experience. Yeah. Really cool to, like, see it play, like, for a horror crowd because it's such a genre film. Um, and it plays at a lot of, like, weird festivals and, like, stuff like that. So it was really cool to see how it played in this specific with this specific audience and just to to see what people liked and what people resonated with and what moments stood out it was it was really interesting now what was the inspiration behind chicks because i'm not going to give anything away of how it goes but what what inspired you to to make this um there's a couple of answers for it um the the main answer is that i feel like when you watch like the movie starts off like a teen chick flick, you know, it's very colorful, very bubblegum pink, like the very stereotypical world of like the teen girl that, you know, we've come to know, like through all of these sort of movies. Um, and so it's like the shy girl coming over to these, like, you know, unapologetically confident and like girly, like girl's house. And so if it's a coming of age movie, you know, it usually ends with, you know, she's going to take off her glasses or going to let down her hair. And it's like, wow, where have you been all this time? Who are you? And she wins prom queen. Or, you know, if it's a horror movie it's like the girls like that are you know hosting the party are gonna like kill her torture her do something or she's gonna have to like defeat them it's like those are kind of the tropes that like we knew sort of coming into it and so i was really inspired to make like a really like audience like you know a movie like catered for like the audience experience where you kind of come in suspecting a certain thing and then it just ends up becoming a whole other you know like just keeps twisting um the other thing i thought was also it would be hilarious if there was like a cult and it was like chicken related but that's for you to find out (laughs) it's for you to find out i really enjoyed the i was one of the people laughing along and and having a good time watching this and i really enjoyed it where can people follow along with the chicks movie and and find you online so chicks is now streaming on alter you can look up chick short film on youtube and you'll see it it'll be the one with this like crazy looking thumbnail of these girls at a 
pillow fighting, but it's kind of a little bit more animalistic than you think. <laughs> um, and we also have a website, chicksmovie.com, um, which has basically all the updates for just like all of our festival information and Horror Hounds, our last festival that we're doing on a run because now we're hoping to maybe make a feature after this um, of Chicks. Yeah. You can follow along, I guess, um, with the feature progress. Um, you can follow at Chicks Movie on Instagram. And there's also chicksmovie.com, which is a website that I designed. Um, it's basically just like a, a positive burn book from Mean Girls. <laughs> and it's really fun. It's pink, it's bubbly, and it's also kind of like, oh, maybe this, maybe this film has more to it than meets the eye, because that's really the trick of the whole thing. So we're really looking forward to developing a feature and just trying to see how weird and fun we can make it and how much fun we can have with it with more time for production and more money. And, you know, and now that we've grown as creatives also just to see just to see like how wacky we can make it. <laughs> well, thank you for talking to me and good luck with the feature hopefully coming soon. We'll, we'll watch for that. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Brad. I want to thank Gina and Maddie for talking to me again and definitely go check out Chicks. Like they said, it is streaming over on YouTube. So I will put the link in the description below to the film so you can go check it out it is just a fun fun little short film that i really really enjoyed each block that you go into for the films there's always short films that lead into the feature film so after chicks was the feature film the burned over district which was directed by james and vincent coleman a grieving man discovers that seemingly quiet town is hiding a very different secret now he must find a way to overcome his grief and fight back against the darkness that has consumed the town and its people. Now, this was an interesting watch. I did not know anything going into this movie. So, I mean, just like the short film, I didn't know anything, but I didn't know anything about this feature going in. Overall, it was a very enjoyable watch. It was very, very different than I thought it was going to be. And as the movie goes along, you think it's going to go one way. And then it kind of turns its head on you and kind of winds around another way. All through this, I'm keeping everything spoiler free. Usually, you know, we spoil on the show, but spoiler free because I want you to seek out these independent films and watch them. The Burned Over District, like I said, is you think it's going one way. It kind of winds you a different way to this ending that's. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say what the ending is, but this ending that I wasn't expecting to happen. Let's just say that the burned over district won best sound design for a feature film and best production design for a feature film at the horror hound film awards. Congratulations for that one. I don't know when it's going to release. I don't know when any of these movies are going to release, but just watch for the burned over district. These next couple films, I didn't make it to the screenings. They were later at night and I went to the convention and and met like Lloyd Kaufman that night. I got a picture and a signature from him and kind of walked the floor to kind of see what was going on at the convention. So there were a few films that I missed that night, but I got screeners and I was able to watch them before this. So I could tell you about these films that played at Horror Hound Weekend. So the next short is called No Signature Required. Directed by Kenneth Lawrence, a woman finds a mysterious box on her doorstep 
the contents of which alter her perception of terror. So this was a really good short film. Like it says, this woman finds a box. She opens the box and there is something inside this thing that she takes out. Like, I don't want to give anything, anything at all away from this. This this is a short film that I, I think you need to seek out. No signature required because it is very well done. I love the concept of it and I don't want to give anything away from it. She finds something in this box and some things start to happen to her and weird stuff around her as she's trying to figure out what this is and what's going on all leading to this little kind of twist at the end so i'm leaving it at that go look for no signature required so the feature film after no signature required was cold blows the wind this was directed by eric williford and at the horrorhound indie awards this was the big winner of the night this movie won Best Directing for a Feature Film, Best Writing for a Feature, Best Cinematography for a Feature, and it won the Judge's Choice for that night, and Best Feature Film. Like, it was the big winner, and like I said, I didn't see it the night it screened. It was on later at night, but this was a very enjoyable film. I got a chance to talk to... Eric Williford here after Horror Hound about his movie. So let's jump into that. Thank you for talking to me, Eric. I know we yeah, didn't absolutely. get to meet up in Cincinnati, but we got to come here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oswald, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on here and chop it up. So um, I love horror movies, and I think horror fans are some of the best people in pop culture and in the world. So um, thanks for having me. This is really cool. So with Cold Blows the Wind, what really influenced you to to make this film? Uh, for Cold Blows the Wind, my influences are kind of the influences that kind of drive my uh, all of my writing and directing and the projects I want to get involved with. And that is, I really love the kind of movies they made in the 80s that you would watch at like midnight. Okay. <laughs> on, like, on like Cinemax or Showtime or HBO. Like in the 80s, I was like, you know, seven years old, eight years old, 12 years old, you know, all the way up to like the kind of early nineties, you know, when you look at um, like dead alive, I think that was like 90, 91 or something when that came out um, right up through there. I was during that time, I was born in 1979. So during the eighties for me, we used to, it was a lot of like sleepovers, parents go to sleep. Me and my friends are watching movies. We shouldn't be watching at eight years old. Um, all the Friday the 13th, the reanimators, the puppet masters, wish math, like all of that kind of stuff, you know, like that's what we came up on. So I very much see Cold Blows the Wind, and it was made in the vein of kind of like a movie you shouldn't be watching that is kind of like a little weird and it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And you kind of want to know, like, where did this come from? And that's uh, really what they were doing with independent horror movies, like in the 70s 80s 90s like it was just really cool you're just watching these really cool things and you're like i didn't know you were allowed to make movies like this what is happening i can see a lot of those influences in the movie like there are times where i kind of felt like evil dead vibes or like tales from the crypt vibes and and Uh stuff like that like this just like you the stuff i would watch late at night and that's kind of what it really drew me in and i really enjoyed it um that's awesome what how is this, you know, this feature film experience different from other films, shorts, anything else that you've worked on before this? 
Uh, so Victoria and I had done a lot of um, kind of shorts and like web series. And then um, they were all more geared towards uh, like dark comedies. They weren't really like horror films, but I've always loved horror movies, right? So during the pandemic, to just kind of keep the knives sharp and to keep creating, we made a um, found footage film called Lexi. And uh, my partner, Victoria, she directed it, starred in it. She and I wrote it together, produced it together, and I did the editing on it. And Lexi is about a young woman who has like a, one of those um, annoyingly cloying kind of like uppity, like, go be the best you can. Okay. okay. YouTube shows, you know, like, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Form healthy habits. She has one of those, but like, she slowly starts losing her mind. <laughs> So like there's like uh, so she puts up security cameras and the whole thing is found footage. So it's a mix of like footage of her losing her mind, her security cameras, her losing her mind during her her vlogs, her losing her mind, filming herself. And we made that over the pandemic and really helped us keep our sanity. So that's available now on Tubi and on Amazon Prime. If anybody wants to check it out, it's called Lexi. It's got like uh, Victoria's face and like a red, sh- like looking through blinds, and it's a super red okay. um, poster. Hey, so I, I love Tubi. So uh, yeah, I'm a Tubi's, big fan a, of Tubi's Tubi. amazing. You find like Tubi is kind of like when I was talking about like late night horror movies on like oh cable, yeah, oh yeah, that's Tubi now. <laughs> and as long as you don't mind sitting through you know the same commercial ten times, it's pretty awesome. So we did that. It was a horror movie, kind of a haunted house possession type of thing. And then after that, we were fortunate enough to um, get some financing to go make Cold Blows the Wind. And it was it felt cool because doing that kind of let us dip our toe in the horror thing mm-hmm. um, together as a, as a partner. And then we kind of moved on from that. But I had done two horror movies years ago. So I had um, I wrote and produced one called The Eighth Plague that was released out in like 2008. Okay. And then, um, no, that was 2006. And then we made, my friends and I made another one called Carver um, that I was only a co-producer on. And that one came out in 2008. And both okay. of those are horror movies too. So um, I've been knocking around in horror for a while. And I mean, with Horror Hound, I mean, you had a, even though you were unfortunate to make it, you had a big night at the Independent yeah. Awards that night. Cinematography, writing, directing, best film, and the judges' choice. You uh, yeah. close the win one. So when when Victoria called you, like, was that like exciting to hear? Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, it was because I was um like I knew I, I wasn't going to make it out, and so I know with a lot of film festivals, they kind of typically give awards to people who like show up. <laughs> Which, you know, I I totally get it. You know, you want to get the photo op, and you want to show appreciation to the people who come. So like that totally makes sense to me. And so when we got nominated for all these, I was like, well, Victoria's going to go. So I was like, okay, well then hopefully the film will pick up something. Maybe she'll win. And since she's representing the film, maybe we can get consideration for judges choice and um, best picture. I kind of just assumed like, all right, you know, my nomination, you know, tell my parents, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's cool. So then when she hit me up and was like, yeah, we like, we did like really well. I was like, oh, how well? And she's like, boom, 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 like this list of things. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Really flattering and humble and like humbling. You're like, oh my gosh. So then you were like, really, like really over the moon about it. And I'm just really happy because um, shooting cold blows the wind, 
you know, we shot like 17 night shoots. <laughs> like we saw it. So the whole yeah. thing takes place at night. Yeah. So like, you know, we're shooting from like 6 p.m. and then like loading up the grip truck at like 2 a.m. to like leave and break down and stuff. So like, and for some reason, LA has traffic. So we're sitting at traffic going home at like four in the morning. So I'm just really happy that like all the cast and crew were able to create something that's being recognized by by Horror Hound. And hopefully once we get distribution, it'll be recognized by the the film community, um, the horror film community, at least. So what's what's next for Cold Blows the Wind? Are you more festivals? Is there, you know, possibility of release in the future that we can so right now we've submitted to like a bunch of festivals. So a lot of this year is kind of just waiting to hear back from them because all the festivals okay. want they all want premiere status. So you can't really like do your own screenings until you hear that you're either in it or not in it. Yeah. <laughs> we've got um four or five offers on the table now for from distributors. Right now we're kind of weighing those, talking to them, doing the email thing and figuring out what the best deal is for the film. Um, you know, not only just money or whatever, but somebody who kind of likes the film, you know, a lot of distributors yeah. kind of give you like a boilerplate contract and like, this is what we do, take it or leave it. So we're trying to make sure we give it to somebody who wants to champion it and push that rock up the hill. That way more people get to see it is kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing that. And then we're kind of, we're going to do our own premiere and um, probably this fall. So our cast and crew hasn't really seen it yet because of the premiere status thing. So um, there's a few festivals in LA that we're submitted to. And if we get into those, that'll probably be our premiere. And if we don't, then we'll do our own screening, have everybody out and then kind of decide if we're going to go with these, these distributors now, or if we're going to try to set up our own screenings um, next year, which is something we've kind of been okay. knocking around. I will tell everybody to watch for cold blows the wind and thank watch you. for whenever it comes out. And uh, before we go, I want to thank you for talking to me and where can we, you know, follow along either to you, to the movie, to anything else. Like, yeah, absolutely. So um, you can hit me up on my Instagram. It's probably the easiest and it's at nine five E R I C. So it's just number nine, number five E R I C. Um, and if you hit me up there, I have all my shameless plugs and links and everything. So that's probably the easiest as opposed to giving you like a, a whole list of websites and stuff. Hit me up on Instagram, slide into my DMs. I'll be happy to point you towards any and everything. If you want links to Lexi or just want to say hi and join a newsletter to follow us, like, or you just want to chop it up and talk about the best horror movie you've seen in the last six months. Sounds good to me. Let's talk. Well, again, thank you, Eric, for talking to me and good luck with the movie in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Again, thank you to Eric for talking to me. I really enjoyed Cold Blows the Wind. As I said there in the interview, there are parts of it that really gave me a feel of Evil Dead or something from a Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side kind of quirky story and and like eric said he made this movie to be like that type of late night horror movie and this is a movie that people should definitely check out let me read you the synopsis really quick when a married couple hits a jogger while driving they think their night can't get any worse but after heading to a remote location to bury the body they realize their nightmare has just begun and boy, does it. This was just a fun movie. 
watch for cold blows the wind. It probably, I don't want to say out of all the films, this is definitely towards the top of my list of definite watches. So look for it coming in the future. So these next three feature films, these all screened on Friday. I just like cold blows the wind. I watched them later. Next is bliss of evil directed by Joshua Morris isolated and stocked. A band must attempt to escape the recording studio in which they're trapped before they fall prey to a mysterious intruder. This kind of had a different tone to it, a different tone than I thought. I, I watched the trailer for this movie and honestly, I got a different movie than I thought I was going to get. I thought it was going to be more slasher and it was a little slower burn as you, as you go. Not that that's a bad thing, but once it kind of got going through the movie, it, it definitely got better as it progressed. And I wasn't expecting the ending that we ended up getting. So watch for Bliss of Evil. Next on the list is Brightwood, directed by Dane Elkar. Jen and Dan's marriage is hanging by a thread. So when they find themselves trapped circling around their local pond, they're forced to face the monsters both within and without. Now, this is a film that is set in one location, two people, just like Cold Blows the Wind before it, kind of gives you that feel of like a Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone, you know, Tales from the Dark Side story that I really enjoyed. I liked that these two characters, I mean, it's built off to two characters, this husband and wife have to basically push this movie and they did a really good job in this one location to really sell this story in this loop that they're in. And I don't want to give any more away from that, but it is definitely worth a watch that this is another one of those movies that is at the, the top of what I watched. And that is Brightwood. So next is the haunting at St. Joseph's directed by JD Cohen an engaged doctor her fiancé and their friends take a holiday at St. Joseph's Guesthouse, unaware that it was the site of a sacrifice of an innocent centuries before. They come to believe that it's haunted as their emotions and desires spiral out of control. So this was another slow burn movie. It kind of really sets up the characters and there's a lot of tension between the characters as it goes through to this twist that happens when everything gets crazy there about three quarters of the way and you go on this ride kind of at the end of the movie that was a fun i mean this was a fun little uh, trip to take and would suggest watching for the haunting at saint joseph's so that will do it that's all the movies that played on well not all the movies but all the movies i saw for what played on Friday of Horror Hound and Saturday at Horror Hound. It was even busier than Friday. Like I have never seen this convention this busy before ever. And it was great to see that people are back at the conventions, checking things out, coming to support their favorite movies and celebrities and Everything like it, it was just a great weekend. It was busy, like I said, but such a great time. Saturday, I ended up seeing a few more movies and 
hitting the convention. I I had a chance on Saturday to meet one of my idols in Charles Band. He heads up Full Moon Features. If you listen to the show or have seen any of my YouTubes, you know that I love like the Puppet Master series. I love Full Moon Features films. And getting to meet him was amazing. He was a fantastic guy. And and it was probably one of the highlights of my weekend for sure. All right. So the first film I saw on Saturday was called Michaela, directed by Vic Dominguez. A young woman takes her fandom of The Shape and the Halloween movie franchise to frightening levels. This is a short film, like I said, of a, a woman who is a huge fan of Halloween. She gets a Michael Myers mask. She puts it on. Some things happen. Some people die. And there you have it. It, it was a, it was a short one, but it was a fun watch. And you could tell that the people behind it were fans of Halloween and the Michael Myers character and whatnot. But it was a good watch, Michaela. So after that, the film Sloppy Seconds played, but directed by Ryan Shovey. In the style of Tales from the Crypt, Sloppy Seconds tells the story of Janet and Phillips' date night, which is interrupted by work down at the office. However, while Janet is distracted with preparing dinner, Phillips' text messages reveal that his mistress is tired of waiting for him to leave the house. It said it right there at the beginning in the style of a Tales from the Crypt. And that is exactly what this kind of, the way it plays out, the way it goes, the way you find things out, especially at the ending and the way the characters are. This was just a fun little short film. You know, go seek out Sloppy Seconds. Like I said, it was just a fun watch. And those two led into the feature film, Final Summer which was written and directed by John Eisberg. It is late 1991 and the final day of summer camp at Camp Silver Lake when tragedy strikes. That evening at the counselor's attempt to shut down the camp for the season, someone is waiting in the darkness to seek revenge on the unsuspecting camp. Who is the mass killer? Is the camp urban legend or is it something more sinister? Not everything is what it seems at Camp Silver Lake. So this is a throwback to like, Friday the 13th, like 80s, 90s slashers. And there are jokes made about the Friday the 13th movies. One of the characters puts on a hockey mask and makes some Jason jokes. And this was an enjoyable watch for that kind of camp slasher kind of film. And I had a chance to sit down with John and talk to him about Final Summer. So let's dig into that. How has your weekend at Horrorhound been? It's been awesome. I mean, just the the, the staff at Horrorhound are great. Uh, JK is awesome. Zoe is great. And then uh, just just meeting all the other filmmakers. Um, you know, because it's interesting because I feel like there's a we always talk about like film family. You know, and uh, and just kind of meeting all these filmmakers. Like I met like uh, Jake Capronica and Celeste Blandin, who did this awesome short. Uh, it's like Susie Key, where are you? I met them in Atlanta at Days of the Dead, and, and they were here, and it was great to kind of, you can just see that we're starting to become this film family anyway, and so I, I love it. And then, of course, walking around the convention and, like, 
you know, talking to other horror fans too, because I love that stuff. And so it's just, I'll pro- people are like, I can see them like, all right, I need to go somewhere else. I'm like, all right. And then this thing in Intruder was amazing with the stuff. And anyway, it's just been a blast. And uh, I brought um, some of the crew from the film and then one of the actors from the film, because I've, I've been going to a lot of the conventions by myself and I really wanted to bring the crew because they're the reason we're here at all. And so it, it's just been, it's been a blast. So now final summer, I mean, it's a, it's a camp slasher. What besides that obvious, you know, trope, what inspired you to make this? I love horror movies. I grew up on them. I grew up on the slasher films and I felt, you know, again, it goes back to like when you're thinking about your film, they always talk about like backing into your film. So find the resources that you have. And so I knew there was this pretty, you know, isolated, you know, summer camp like this old boy scout camp not too far from where i lived and and i was still because i was thinking about different ideas for a horror film because i knew i wanted to do that but i wanted to kind of find something that could be you know like constrained contained in in the film which is funny because then i get there and shoot it and i'm like this is a 1980s studio level film i'm trying to shoot with like kids from my like workshop you know it was insane it was the scale but but then also you when you think about like your first film you're ever going to make it should probably be personal because that's your only time you're ever going to be able to make that film where no one's telling you all these other things. And so I took a lot of uh, kind of inspiration from things I went through. So for example, I, you know, I had PTSD. I was in a really pretty terrifying, abusive relationship with someone, experienced a lot of gaslighting, manipulation. And kind of over time, I started to identify with final girls in films uh, because like I was, I was talking about before, but when you go through something so crazy uh it's very hard to relate to normal things you know because you've seen things and experienced things that are are insane basically and so when i would see a movie like you know scream with sydney or or nancy and nightmare on elm street or um uh, chris higgins specifically in friday 13 part three there was so much i could relate to and so when I think of the final girl, it's like you, they go through this hell and everything that's thrown against them at the end, they're standing. It's kind of, it was really inspiring. And so that's where I felt like I wanted to not focus on the killer, not, but tell a story about being a survivor. And then all of the different elements of PTSD that are put into the film too. Cause then like my dad was a paramedic for 35 years and. He, he had a lot of PTSD from the stuff he went through. And I taught kids in middle school with emotional disabilities who had PTSD. You know, every single one is labeled like ADHD, but ADHD but looks like PTSD. And so it was just, so I wanted to bring like that side of it to the psychology of the film. And I think because it's personal, you'll, it will sustain you when things are hard, which is always. <laughs> Everything's always hard. <laughs> it was never an easy day. I'd be like, hey, it's going to be an easy day today. I, I've been banned from saying today's going to be an easy day by all my crew. It's like, John, you are not allowed to say today's going to be an easy day. Because at no point was it ever easy, you know, so. Where can people follow the journey of Final Summer of, you know, where it's screening next, when we can possibly see it to, you know, at home in the future. So we uh, working with distributor right now and we're planning on a summer streaming release. I've got a few more festivals. We're going to uh, panic fest next. And then I think we're going to be at crimson screen in South Carolina. Uh, I'm excited to go back there. It's in Columbia. I was in the army and I was stationed at Fort Jackson. So I'm excited to go back and not have to do push-ups this time, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, and then um, 
then I think uh, there's going to be some drive-in screenings over the summer. But yeah, uh, then and then working on um, like developing like if the film takes off, I've got kind of a three-story arc to the film. So so if this takes off and we connect with an audience, then I'll be going into production summer 2024 on the next one. And so like Tom Matthews is back in a in a bigger role you know because i think the next one will be really fun where it's a it's kind of a parallel timeline sequel so the events in this film are still happening during the events of the second film so there is like these interesting kind of cross things and you've you've even heard the final girl in the second one in this one you've never seen her but you've kind of heard her and so it's i don't know it's just fun you know a place online like social media or anything that we can follow you instagram tiktok and facebook are final summer movie Thank you so much for uh, chatting with me and good luck with the movie and uh, possible sequels in the future. Awesome. Thank you very much. Again, thank you, John, for talking to me. Watch for Final Summer coming out. It was, like I said, it was just a fun watch. So the next group right after that was, first one was a short film called Knock, directed by Bobby Hutari. While staying with a colleague, a man down on his luck is dumbfounded by a recurring knock during the night. His assuming curiosity to find the source leads him to discover something more than he bargained for. So this is another one that kind of gives you that Twilight Zone-ish kind of vibe, Tales from the Crypt, all that type of stuff. It is a single location, just a couple characters, and this man's trying to figure out what is going on where the source is, it comes to this twist in the end that you can kind of see coming, but it's actually kind of funny the way it all plays out. So I would suggest finding the short knock. And that led into the next short film called The Writer, written and directed by Justin Stillmaker. In this cyberpunk world, the hitman known as the writer roams the decay of Toxic City, avoiding execution by rival gangs. He journeys into the near-forgotten natural world one last time as he faces off against a killer who gave up their name for a number. So this is a very mysterious movie. Takes place in like a future with a writer. He, you know, he always has his helmet on. They kind of have those lights that you kind of see in Tron, you know, along their coats and and, and such. This was kind of my style of, of short film. I would have loved to see this world kind of built out to more of like a feature, which the director did a little Q&A after all the films. And he discussed the possibility of the writer either series or film or, you know, continuation of this. And I would welcome that because I did enjoy this. There are some, a couple fight scenes that are pretty good. And just overall, I love the tone of this movie. Go seek out the short film, The Writer. And that led to one of the biggest downers of a movie, but a really, really good movie. And that is Beaten to Death, directed by Sam Curtin. Stranded in the middle of nowhere after barely surviving a horrific assault, Jack encounters one local after another and quickly learns that a sick game of cat and mouse is about to begin. Battling the deranged country psychos in the harsh landscape, Jack must go to extreme lengths to survive 
beaten to death. This movie is brutal. It does not hold back by any means. This man just, just as the title says, just gets beaten. He gets stabbed. He gets everything, like every single thing you can think of almost happens to this poor man as he just fights 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 to survive and to carry on and there are moments where he just wants to give up where he just thinks of taking his own life but then just changes his mind is like i'm just gonna keep going just gonna keep going and as you go along this journey you just you start to feel his fatigue and the weight that's on him up to the ending and you're just like oh my gosh that was a journey to get to and you kind of walk out just feeling beaten down and it is a fantastically done movie i highly recommend beaten to death it is an australian film that is just it's worth it is worth the watch next short film is incubus by tito fernandez trapped on a boat a woman is haunted by fear itself that's exactly what it is i mean this woman is there this this short film was really well done it gave that sense of fear and that sense of you know something coming after you and your body just freezing and not being able to move and it it was just a well done short film that i would suggest seeking out incubus I feel like I'm telling you to seek out everything I watch, but honestly, everything I watched over the weekend was enjoyable. Like the short films are just good. And I mean, most of them, they're pretty quick watches, so they're easy to watch. And features, just like any feature film, have good parts, bad parts. Some were better than others, but I just love Horror Hound Weekend. I love independent film and that's why this weekend is is one of my favorites. I just enjoy watching through all these. So, you know, I'm probably going to tell you to seek out them all. So the next two shorts that screened on Saturday, ones I didn't end up seeing at the festival, but I got to watch them afterward. One of them is called VR DLK, Family of Verdulac, directed by Sam Chow. A traveler caught in a snowstorm is forced to take shelter with a poor Serbian family. When the family warns him of beasts that hunt in the night, he mistakenly dismisses their fears as superstition and fairy tales. Now, this is fully animated, and it is werewolves and kind of these werewolfish creatures. And this movie was awesome. I would love to see this animated style and this story spread out to you know whether it's a feature whether it's a a series something i absolutely love this one this film actually won best directing for short film and best writing for short film as well as sound design at the uh whorehound awards this is one that I cannot recommend enough to check out VRDLK, Family of Vertilac, animated horror, so good. So next is called Escape, a ghost story. 
directed by Robin Careless. A group of escape room employees must face their fears and overcome a series of murderous puzzles set by a malicious ghost who haunts the building or face the dire consequences. So Escape, a ghost story, one for best lead performance, supporting performance, and editing, and best short film. So this was a really fun, quirky little movie. It had some comedy in it with a little serious. It was a great mix all around of everything. And this one, there's one that I'm going to talk about here a little bit later. It was my favorite short of the entire weekend besides Vertilac. But this was kind of at the top of that list. Escape a Ghost Story. Such an enjoyable short film. So Saturday itself all ended in the premiere screening of Subspecies 5, Blood Rise. As I said before, I am a fan of Full Moon Features films. The Subspecies series I watched for the first time a year and a half ago, and I really enjoyed that series. So I was excited to check out Subspecies 5, and this is the first time it screened for anybody. It was exciting to get to see this new movie, be one of the first ones to see this new movie. And honestly, this is my favorite of the series thus far. Like, I really, really enjoyed Subspecies 5. I think it comes out this summer in June. So I would highly suggest checking out the other four. It is just a different take on the vampire world and a vampire Radu, who is the the main vampire in these movies. And this film five is like a prequel to that kind of showing him as a human before he becomes this other creature. And I really enjoyed it. Tui has the four other films in the series. I would suggest if you're into just vampires if you're into i mean it's these others are very like low budget 90s but they're very good go check out subspecies and watch for subspecies 5 blood rise coming out this summer because i love them so that ended saturday saturday at horror hound there is parties going on i went to just kind of check a couple of them out and then got ready for sunday by sunday i'm pretty worn down because there is so much to do, so much, you know, things to see, movies to watch, people to talk to. So Sundays are usually my lighter day. I only saw a few short films on Sunday and did a couple of these interviews that you heard. There's one of these short films that I saw on Sunday that was my favorite of all the shorts this weekend because it was just fantastic. But the first one I watched was called Make It Out Alive, directed by Christopher Flippo. A man defends his house from two intruders. He digs deep and unlocks something within himself that he didn't even know existed. This, like all three, all four of these shorts that I watched on Sunday were part of like a comedy block. This one was pretty, pretty funny. This man, it's just, you know, just like this average guy in his house. It looked like they had a new house that they were working on. These intruders come in and he... the way it goes about him getting after these guys was just really funny and it it made me laugh 
all four of these I'm going to mention, I would say check out because they were pretty funny short films. Make it out alive. Next is called Now is Not the Time, directed by Matthew Garvin. Julie's decision to cover up a horrible accident comes back to haunt her and her friends. A vengeful madman picks them off one by one, leaving Julie and her boyfriend to survive the night and reconcile their relationship. Just thinking about this, like it just makes me giggle. This is something, you know, there's this killer in this house and this couple are hiding under a bed from him. <laughs> a husband gets the phone to call, like, call the police or get a hold, text somebody or something like that. And he comes across these text messages from his wife and she's like, that was not the time. And <laughs> just the way it all plays out to this ending, it is so funny. Go watch Now Is Not The Time. Everyone Forgot, directed by Theo Kai Marlowe. It seems nobody remembered Lily's 40th birthday. After moping about in her dressing gown for the morning, she decides she's going to have to make her own fun. When she invites Ben, an introverted handyman, to her house, the pair strike up an unlikely friendship. But something still doesn't feel quite right. What's actually going on here? Who's playing who? And why, in the age of everybody knowing every detail about everyone, does nobody acknowledge Lily on her special day? <laughs> this is another one that's pretty funny. You know, this this woman checking, it's like a Facebook, and nobody has told her happy birthday on her special day, and she keeps checking it. She kind of does her own little thing and checks it again, and then she brings this handyman over and they kind of she uses him as kind of like she's having a good weekend. She's taking pictures with them. They're doing little things. They have cake. They're having drinks. They're doing this. And it's it's pretty funny up to this twist of of why nobody has said happy birthday to her. Go look for everyone forgot. So that leads me to my favorite short film of the weekend, The Mages of Rage and the Desecration of the House of Mimicry, directed by Jason Steedy. A loud-ass punk band faces off with a demonic mime intent on stopping them from finishing their music video. So they go to this house to where a punk rock legend that they know died, and they're trying to make this music video that they they had planned out there are a lot of it, it if you've seen studio 666 with the foo fighters there are a lot of similarities between the two but this mime kind of ghost slash demon comes to go after them and kill them but the mime is using like invisible weapons so it pulls out a bone arrow and shoots them uh, invisible chainsaw and it cuts through things this move <laughs> This short film is so, so funny. I absolutely loved it and highly recommend you need to go find the Mages of Rage and the Desecration of the House of Mimicry. It it, it was just a fantastic time. All right, so that will do it for Horror Hound Weekend. It was quite a weekend. Absolute blast as I always do. If you didn't get a chance to make it to Horror Hound, make sure you watch for Horror Hound Rewind, it's going to be April 13th to the 15th. They are going to have panels from the Horror Hound Weekend I just attended, as well as some of the shorts and some features that 
you will be able to see. Some of them might be the films that I just mentioned here previously, but just go to horrorhoundweekend.com and you can sign up for Rewind. And Horrorhound will be back in August. They will be taking place in Indianapolis. So if you're listening and you're in that area, go check them out there. They're back in Cincinnati next March. So I will definitely be doing another episode about the films I watched. Then there were some films that I didn't get to see in Horror Hound that I, I want to, that I'm going to watch for or try to find. One is called The Monster Mash. Another one's called The Uncanny. And there are a couple of the short films that I wanted to see. Suzy Q, Where Are You? I caught the very end of it. And it was really funny what I saw. Before I go, make sure you watch our social media. We're going to have giveaways for the new film, You're Killing Me. Don't miss McKaylee Miller and Haish and Dermot Mulroney in the pulse-pounding thriller, You're Killing Me. When Eden attends a heaven or hell party, hoping to get a letter of recommendation to an elite university from the wealthy parents of her classmate, the party quickly turns into a fight for her life. You're Killing Me is available to rent or buy now. Like I said, make sure you follow us on social media. We're going to have some digital codes to give away for You're Killing Me. You won't want to miss it. If you're ever in the Cincinnati area or you want to travel to a horror convention, Horror Hound Weekend here in Cincinnati is one of my favorites. Shout out to everybody who I got to meet. That'll do it for this. Make sure you subscribe to the show as we will be back soon with a new episode. All three of us back together with a new episode. So you won't want to miss that. Go to wearethecinemaguys.com. Follow all our social media, our YouTube and everything else. And until next time, maybe we will see you at the movies. with the maggots now.